Welcome to 2020, people. We are back with the Live Fire Cooking Podcast. It's the first episode of the new year. Couldn't be more excited about it. We got our usual list of suspects here. Myself, Jonathan from Brio. We've got Derek from Over the Fire Cooking, and we have Christy from Girls Can Grill. So we're going to have an episode here. We talk kind of about review a little bit of 2019, talk a little bit about the podcast itself and kind of our vision for it, and then dive into some of the exciting things that are coming up in 2020. So we'll start, um, why don't we start with, with Derek here. Um, why, why do you like doing the Live Fire co- Cooking Podcast? What have you enjoyed in 2019? And why do you think people should listen to the show? Yeah, man. Well, uh, to all the listeners, uh, Happy New Year's and uh, really excited to be back for 2020. Uh, you know, I really started, Jonathan and I and, and Christy, we kind of started this podcast because we all love cooking. But I really wanted to be a part of this um, just because I really wanted to inspire myself uh, in getting outside and trying some new stuff when it comes to open fire cooking. I know I really specialize in that, but there's so much still to learn. Uh, there's so many styles, so many techniques, so many uh, just variations of cooking outdoors that I really would love to explore And I think that I really fell in love with this podcast because it was an opportunity for me to kind of talk out everything. I am an external processor, and this was just an awesome time to bounce good ideas off of people and think outside the box when it comes to cooking over live fire. So I'm really excited for 2020. I think that this year is going to be epic. Uh, 2019 was absolutely awesome. I think the year 2020 for me is going to be getting back down to a little bit more basics um, I'm really excited to kind of get back to just campfire cooking in a lot of ways. I'm really excited to do some more stuff with uh, open pits, uh, less equipment, trying to cook, you know, unique styles of cooking or traditional styles of cooking without as much equipment or uh, all of that. So I'm excited about that. I'm also excited about just kind of sitting back and utilizing more specific things and specializing in more specific things. I'm, I'm going to be crushing it more with the Brio. I'm excited that y'all have the new hanging device. So we're able to start doing that. I think there's going to be some new fun stuff coming out with more products, hopefully in the future. Um, but I really think that this year is going to be more about just like getting back to the basics in a lot of ways. Absolutely. That's a, I think that's a great kind of snapshot. And I agree with everything you said there. Um, Christy, what are your thoughts when it comes to uh, the podcast so far, why people should listen and what you're excited about uh, here on the show? Yeah. So I'm just so thrilled that you guys both invited me to be part of this podcast. It has been a really cool ride over the past several months. You know, I listen to a lot of different podcasts. Um, As a competitive barbecuer, most of the podcasts I listen to are definitely competition barbecue related and more backyard barbecue related. Um, But what's fun about this podcast and what makes us unique is that we have that mix of that kind of, of conversation, but we also talk about those basics of just live fire cooking, cooking in your backyard, cooking on a camping trip, just lighting a flame and cooking a good piece of meat. Um, so it's been really fun. It's I've been really inspired by what you guys have taught me. Um, I hope I've shared a little bit with the audience that they've learned from me as well. The feedback I've gotten from people who tune in is just amazing. I mean, we really we really light a fire under them. I mean, they get really excited to try the things that we try. We share our successes. We share our failures. Um, and that helps everybody grow and learn. So 
they realize that we're not these super beings that get it right every time. We're absolutely not. Um, and what we, you know, what we learn that doesn't work, then it just helps them so that they don't have to make those same mistakes. And together it makes us all, all better cooks and all better, you know, managers of fire. And so, yeah, it's been a really fun ride and, um, I am really excited for 2020. That's awesome. Thanks Christy for that. Uh, once again, kind of a little bit of a overview snapshot of, of, I kind of wanted to remind myself and everybody of our listeners of, you know, we've been doing this podcast now for, I think it's like four or five months. And, um, you know, why are we, the three of us doing it? And, and I think one, one part of long form media, like a podcast is you really kind of have to do it for yourself in a sense, like we, the people that are in, engaged in it, we need to be, um, passionate about what we're talking about here on the, sh on the podcast, um, for its own sake. And like Derek, you said, you know, we're, we're trying to draw inspiration literally for that next week. Like we're trying to draw inspiration for ourselves, what we're doing, what we're cooking. Um, and then we want people to come along for the, on the ride with us and sort of explore this topic deeper, um, with us. And that's what, that's why I'm excited personally. Um, this podcast allows me to have a medium where I'm just like Derek, I process externally. And so if I'm able to discuss, um, concepts in cooking and, and kind of pushing the limits of what's been tried, um, myself or, you know, collectively, that allows, that gives me a lot of ways to both innovate on the, on the cooking side, but also on the product end. And that's really where uh, I get a lot of value is as I'm looking at developing new products at Brio, um, this podcast has been instrumental in me thinking through some of that because, um, there's certain tools that, uh, you know, might not be apparent if I wasn't diving this deep into the topic matter. So anyways, that's why I'm excited about it. I've really enjoyed it and, uh, I'm excited to go even deeper in 2020 here. Um, Speaking of 2020, um, Christy, what is some stuff you got coming down the pipeline that you're excited about? What are some things that uh, you think you might try to, you know, push push the limits, push your limits a little bit on in 2020? Do you have any comments on the year uh, you can share with our guests? Yeah, so um, I kind of have two tracks going at the same time. So competition barbecue, I'm planning to hit it really hard this year. Um, I just had uh, two comps within the last two weeks. So right since Christmas to New Year's, I've already knocked out two comps, um, got a third place overall in the last one, including a first place in brisket. So I'm, I'm really wanting to hit it hard um, and keep going with that um, with an ultimate goal of hopefully qualifying for the Royal and even the Jack. Um, that's a pretty challenging thing to do. So uh, hopefully, hopefully I can knock that out. But then the second track for me is more of that outdoor and live fire cooking. I'm, I'm working on setting up a whole area in our backyard where I've got a variety of pits where I can do some more um, asado cross style cooking. I got the brio out there, of course. Um, so yeah, I, I really want to expand my repertoire with again, more control of that fire management. And just like Derek said, kind of going back to the basics um, and really understanding proteins, the different cuts of proteins, maybe those unique protein uh, cuts that I haven't used before, um, and just kind of kind of breaking things down to kind of a primitive style of cooking and, and mastering that even more. Perfect. That That's exciting. I think... Um, the, the, the part I think that, that there, at least I find fascinating, they both there, there can I find fascinating that what you bring to the show is kind of that look into the competition side. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to kind of go through a year with you last year. I think we picked up, uh, we, you know, we started talking about this the most when the podcast started, which would have been, in, I think it was like September, uh, September. Mm -hmm. And so what's, I'm excited to kind of learn for myself is to sort of watch you go through the whole year of like the circuit, um, as you build yeah. up to some of these major events and the qualifying and all that, 
um, I'm, I'm pretty interested to watch that happen. Um, so yeah, I'll be, I'll be tuning in myself. <laughs> to, to <hear> as <laughs> Thanks. Go through those, those things. And speaking of building your, your open fire repertoire, we were laughing at the office because when we launched the kettle hook, um, you were the first person to buy a kettle. <laughs> yeah, it was on it, it was on Instagram. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting for yeah, this. I, was, I was like Conrad or one of our shipping guys was like, uh, isn't she on your podcast? <laughs> yep. Uh, so that was awesome. Derek, what do you got coming up in uh, 2020? Oh man. Um, like I said, back to the basics, doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Actually, my wife and I, we bought a, a new house. Uh, so we're really excited about that. So I will be uh, creating my whole, my own little world um, when it comes to just like fire and grilling area space. So I got a lot more space and usability. I'm going to be doing some, some more stuff that I really didn't have access to. Uh, I'm looking forward to like burying some stuff in the ground uh, and cooking with hot stones, cool. um, doing the Asada crosses, stuff like that. Um, I also really just love small, like weird little techniques, actually. So today we're recording this on January 8th. I have a recipe that's coming out today that I'm really excited about that utilizes um, a s smoldering logs uh, kind of to bake um, fish instead of you know, needing tin foil or even a cover for your cast iron. So I just like, I like small stuff like that. So I'm excited about doing that um, for the future. But I really think that overall this year, it's going to be centered on um, a bunch of stuff. But honestly, the big thing that I'm kind of pushing towards is I'm really hoping to start writing um, a recipe book, at least this year. So nice. hopefully getting that kicked off and started. So Stay tuned. Um, it's a lot of work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, between that and moving and, and actual life, you know, we don't, for everybody that's listening, we actually do other things than cook over fire and barbecue. Um, but yeah, I'm, you know, I'm really excited to be doing that and, and hopefully getting some more recipes down on paper and getting them out and getting the name of just open fire cooking out to a more broad audience. That's awesome. I think all of us are going to be pretty excited to see uh, you as you kind of move through those stages. And obviously a cookbook would be something that would be pretty, I would say pretty highly anticipated uh, by a lot of cooking community. Yeah. So keep pushing on that one. Well, we're, well, we're just taking it one step at a time. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you have, I'm assuming you at this point don't have any idea when that would actually uh, go to print, right? No, I don't necessarily know that yet, but, um, it does take a little bit. I know that, uh, you know, it, it can take up to about 12 months before it can even really hit anywhere on shelf and maybe even a little bit more than that. So I just want to do it right. And, uh, you know, I have such a amazing connections for a lot of stuff like that, but, um, I just want to make sure it's done right and unique recipes things that people aren't necessarily doing or aren't necessarily writing down on how to do. Uh, so right. I think just starting right. there and uh, we'll see. Um, at least for this moment, though, uh, we got we got a lot of work cut out for 2020 on getting that done. You know, for anybody that has written a cookbook or, or written anything like that, it is a lot of work. So I've already kind of started the process, um, but 
it's going to take a little bit. So it may not be until like this time next year that we'll uh, have anything in hand. So, but it'll be excited to exciting to just walk through the process together. So. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's going to, it's going to be hard to like develop the recipes and get them all ready for the book and then hold on to them and not share them on Instagram. I feel like that would be the hardest part. <laughs> like you, you got to wait. I know. Well, Instagram's <laughs> such like immediate gratification. I'm like, yeah, I did this so well, but now it's, I'm going to have to like actually do old school style where it's <laughs> wait right. for people to know what you did <laughs> yeah and i think yeah. the complexity too is like you're gonna have to keep up with your with your you know your more hand-to-mouth regular content so it's gonna be it's mm-hmm. gonna be quite a bundle yeah well you know it has definitely paid off to be uh you know i write what three recipes a week been doing that for like a, the past almost two years now so yeah definitely helps and i've been worried that i'll run out of things to do but i don't know it just it keeps things keep trucking along so (laughs) i'm really excited so there might be some oldies from the past that'll make it into the cookbook that'll be a little uh easier to learn how to do it instead of you know just try and figure it out on the website or on the instagram right right yeah. Um, one thing you mentioned there that I want to dive just on a more of a micro rather than macro note. Can you explain what you're doing with this fish? I didn't quite understand what you're saying. Yeah. Over um, coals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I was inspired by uh, there's an amazing chef out of Australia. Um, and she does such amazing work when it comes to open fire cooking. She's actually been an apprentice um, with Francis Mallman. And she, so she kind of, uh, showcased, uh, in a, an idea, uh, that I've never even thought of before. And that is a lot of people do have issues with like tinfoil, uh, cooking. And I, I grew up tinfoil cooking when it came to fish. Um, right. and, right. and so I think that like any other issues with fish, especially with cast iron is that you end up having a lot of issues with it sticking. Um, right. it just feels like no matter how good of a cook you are, somehow at some point, one of the pieces of the fish is going to stick. Um, so I just wanted to avoid that because we all know on Instagram, if you mess up even 2%, you're going to get ripped apart. So I just decided like, okay, how can I avoid this scenario at, by all costs? Um, and so I remember one of my good friends, uh, he goes down to South Carolina and he cooks a lot of fish. He, they own a property down there on the beach. And uh, I kind of combined two ideas. He was telling me that he utilizes, when he grills fish, he never puts it directly on the coals. He actually slices lemons and then puts the fish on top of the lemons. Um, That's exactly what I do. So that's going to like with the heat and the high heat, it's going to caramelize lemons. It's going to, the juice is going to obviously get into the fish and the aroma is going to get onto the fish as well. Um, Just lemon is so aromatic. Um, and so anyway, he does that, but, uh, this girl out in Australia, uh, her name is Sarah Glover. Um, she cooks eggs over fire without tinfoil or without tinfoil and without a cover, she will take a, uh, a log that is about halfway burned, um, and it's just smoldering and she'll just lay it over the top of the cast iron. Right. Um, and so it kind of creates an oven in some way. And so that's basically what I did with the fish. I, I have some um, just some wild Alaskan sockeye, so really lean salmon. 
Right. Um, so it's going to cook really easily. You really want to do it with something that's pretty lean or pretty easy to cook, something that's going to cook fast. Um, and laid, I, I preheated my cast iron. I laid a bunch of slices of lemons down uh, inside of it and then uh, put the salmon onto the lemon. And then I cooked it like that for a couple of minutes. So about halfway up, it was cooked. And then I started taking a couple pieces of the logs uh, that were smoldering and laid it over the top of the cast iron. Uh, and it, it really cooked the fish really, really well. Um, it was really easy. Nothing stuck. It was easy to take out. Uh, some people really like the crispy skin. So you do end up slightly sacrificing the crispy skin on right. salmon. But for me, I'm not too upset about that. Yeah. So. Well, what's awesome about that recipe too, is like, like you were saying about some of the concepts of doing things with less equipment um, that's something you could do, you know, beside the river, right? Like yeah, mm-hmm. in a lot of environments uh, where you're actually harvesting fish um, that would, you know, you could have, you have everything with you in almost like a backpack um, if there was an existing firing there or whatever. Uh, well, honestly, the only equipment you would need is the cast iron um, right. at that point. And I just think it's really easy. I think it'd be really great for eggs because, you know, once you have eggs mostly cooked, but you, uh, for people that don't really like sunny side up eggs or anything like that, you just cover over the top of it with smoldering log and in a couple of minutes or, you know, a minute or two, it's, it's cooked on the top as well. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to think there's, there's tons of delicate styles or delicate foods and proteins that you could easily cook with that kind of baking style yeah 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 it is definitely like baking i mean almost like dutch oven cooking it's just instead of a dutch oven lid you've got you and putting the coals on it you've got yourself the coal right there just don't be afraid of you know if ash a little ash gets on there it's not gonna hurt you so that's that's a great point like i feel like a lot of when it comes to educating even for myself like and i i I referenced this in a post recently um not on the ash side, but on, on the flame side, it's like people in the American cooking community are so afraid. Like everything has to be so sterile. It's like, you can't have flames touching the food. You can't have ash flying around. It's like, how do you think we made food a thousand years ago? (laughs) We were fine. You know, we, it's a lot of these things. And that's what I love about Francis Malman's kind of whole ethos is, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, perfectly manicured. You know, you don't have like a little bit of ash touching your food, having the flames hitting your vegetables and charring them a little bit. It's not a bad thing if it's done intentionally. Um, you don't want to just, you know, black and stuff for no reason. But you know what I mean? Like, I think that's what's so fun about why I'm drawn to fire cooking personally is because there's so much you can play in the gray. Literally, <laughs> you can play yeah. <laughs> in, in the nuance and you don't have to just go by like you, like your recipe book um, is going to give guidelines. But then if you're cooking over fire, it's never going to be exactly the same as it was in the book. And that's what's so fun is like mm-hmm. you can take an inspiration from someone like Derek and, you know, like add your own flavor to it in a sense, because every if you use different kind of wood, different kind of lump charcoal, you you know, anything like that, it's not it's just going to be a little bit different. Um, and you don't have to be afraid of all those elements of flame and ash. Um, you just it's those are good things or at the very least, not bad things. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That was talking about, um, you know, this, this medium and what I've personally learned from you guys, which is a ton is, is a lot of stuff like that, where I'm realizing like, there's so much 
that that we can do um, with very elemental things and tools like a cast iron and fire and you know uh, tin foil and rotisseries and whatever. And it doesn't. You can turn out these absolutely amazing meals without a really you know fancy, complicated Wi-Fi controlled piece of equipment. You know, that, there's absolutely a place for that. But um, I guess what what gets me excited is to to break rules a little bit. And, uh, and that's what I see some of these things being is, you know, you, when you're cooking this style, you don't have to color within the lines. Uh, and that's part of the, part of the lifestyle is in, in my opinion, uh, or at least that's what, what I'm personally attracted to of it. Yeah, and you know what I hope that we see in 2020, and I really think that we are going to start seeing this is one thing, and I've, I've mentioned this before, but with, with pellet grills, you know, that's brought a whole new group of people outdoors and experimenting and taking things that they used to cook in their ovens and cook them on their pellet grills. You know, you're seeing lasagna on the pellet grills, you're seeing cookies, you know, breads, yeah. all sorts of stuff. And I think now that people have that comfort, we're going to start seeing more of them moving to the open Absolutely. fire and the live fire style cooking and trying to think, hey, can I cook cookies in a cast iron pan on an open flame? <laughs> yeah, you can actually. So um, yeah, I'm hoping that we're going to, I just, I'm pretty sure we're going to see more of it, but I'm excited to see that because there's so much creativity out there that I see on Instagram of all these people cooking on all sorts of different things. And I, I want to see that creativity transfer over. And I, and I think it will looking forward to it. I completely agree. I mean, I was actually just going to point out um, in, you know, kind of the barbecue world and Christy, you can chime in on this. I mean, the transition from this, I, I mean, I know we talked about it a couple episodes ago, but the transition from like this low and slow to the hot and fast, like things are changing mm-hmm. a little bit um, in perspective. Not that anything is, I, I don't think there's any wrong way of cooking per se. Um, I just think people's methods are transitioning. Um, you know, it's not, I, I think that people are finding that, um, you know, they, they enjoy the, the task of trying to perfect a brisket in a shorter amount of time. Um, Absolutely. And it's just yeah. a new challenge. Yeah. And it's cool that people are, willing to try and break the mold and experiment and find new ways. I mean, barbecue has been around for centuries, um, but the fact that it's still adapting is really an awesome thing. And the fact that we're part of that ride of that adaptation yeah, is really exactly. cool. Exactly. And the pellet grill point from Chris, I think is a, is a great point because what the pellet grill industry has done so well and why it's such an important part of the, of the conversation is it's that gateway drug um, in a positive sense where it's anybody yep. can go, you know, to Costco uh, or, you know, online, Home Depot, whatever, buy themselves a pellet grill. They're readily accessible. Um, and they're, they're the learning curve to actually go in your backyard and cook something a little bit more complex than just burgers on the gas grill. Um, the learning curve is very, is very shallow. It's easy. It's not that difficult to do. And so that gets more and more people, like you're saying, Christy, uh, exposed to this lifestyle. And then it's like the, there's a certain percentage of those people that are going to want to go deeper. Um, and it's kind of like that, the concept of like, if you think about a group of people in a social circle, um, the first person that bought a pellet grill, maybe 10 years ago, now everyone in the social circle has a pellet grill. That person is looking for something, um, not necessarily to replace that. I, I, don't, I think that is going to be a consistent part of all of our, um, you know, backyards that the smoker, uh, whether it's, you know, whether you're ceramics or a pellet grill, but it's like, what's that next thing? that can complement it. And that's why I love the fire cooking in, in complement with some of these other tools, like for reverse searing and things like that. Or you have, you know, you have your, 
your vegetables in the in the smoker and, and maybe some of your other items and you maybe have your, you know, your steak getting seared on the fire or even vice versa. You know, you have your roast in the, in the pellet grill and you have your vegetables getting seared in the fire and it gives you some of those, those diversification. Plus you can sit around the fire. And I think that's where, that's one yeah, thing I don't want to yeah. let, you know, necessarily forget in some of these conversations where we talk about the lifestyle aspect of uh, outdoor cooking is there is something really powerful about being able to sit around the heat source that cooked your food. And I think more, we can explore that. And um, obviously for us at Brio, it's a big part of what, what we do. Um, and something we're passionate about is gathering family and friends around. And I was just talking to Chef Jean-Paul yesterday, and we were kind of dialoguing for like an hour about some of these things. And he was saying like for him, so much of live, live fire cooking appeals to him. Uh, he calls it grilling. He doesn't, he thinks it's just, it's, we just call it grilling. And I, and I, yeah, I hear his point. <laughs> um, it is, it is grilling. But what's interesting about the, the point that he brought out in that conversation was, it's, it's the hearth of the backyard. It's the center. It's the gathering around place. And I think as we look at back to the conversation with the comment you made, Christy, about sort of the trends and the changes a little bit, um, is that there's a pull, I think, to go towards something more elemental and something that is more experiential. I don't know if I said that correctly, uh, mm-hmm. where you're gathering around mm-hmm. something. So um, as we kind of, I back to kind of rounding out this whole conversation of why uh, this podcast, I believe it should exist and why I'm excited about it is because it allows us to come up with the language and the, and the words for what we're trying to do here. I think, um, when it comes to, uh, the food side, the social side, cooking outdoors in general, what does that look like? How do we, um, bring people into the community? How do we bring people through the journey? Um, how do we provide tools for that? You know, training for that recipes, cookbooks, whatever that is, um, to build this into a movement. So, that's what gets me excited uh, is is kind of being able to see, like you said, like you made the comment, Christy, about that, that trend, be able to see that beginning and then actually be an active member in that in that trend beginning. Um, you know, things don't happen by accident. There's always movers and shakers that are behind movements. And uh, I think this podcast is can be part of that. I agree. Absolutely. And speaking of uh, speaking of trends and and some changes and tools, you want to touch on that kettle hook for everybody? <laughs> sure. <laughs> We've teased it a little. So it's a really <laughs> extremely simple product. Um, the kettle hook is uh, an attachment that goes onto your Brio fire pit. It attaches to your existing. So if you have a, a Brio fire with a post and grill, it attaches to that existing post, and it can be used at the same time as your grill or by itself. Um, we've teased on social media a good bit. Derek's done some recipes on it. We've done some recipes on it before the launch. Um, we had one at social feasts as well. And Mm -hmm. what's great about it is that, um, it's extremely simple and functional. I wanted this product to, we had, we had one that we'd built previously that was kind of overbuilt in the sense that it had, it was, it, it got to a price point that was, it it was outside of the value that you were getting is what I felt. So I wanted to design something that was simple, highly portable, easy to take with you, um, easy to store because it's not going to be in your fire pit all the time and provide all the, give you as many options as possible for cooking. So what's cool about the kettle hook is rather than just having one, um, you know, hook to hang a Dutch oven on or hang a leg of lamb on, uh, you can, you can do one or it has a cross piece um, that's laser cut to fit a, basically a cross. So it gives you three different points. Um, and what's really fun about that is often like what I'll do is I'll have the main center point be like the big piece of meat or the, you know, the Dutch oven. And then it gives me these two other side uh, anchor points I can hang uh, like pineapples, for example, where it's, it doesn't need quite as much direct heat. Um, it's just kind of hanging out there, getting a little bit of extra, um, you know, 
heat and smoke and whatever, um, while your main item is is cooking. And you can adjust up and down easily on, on that uh, post system. There's not really any moving parts. It's just easy to use. So that's what we're excited about. Um, we launched it last week. It's on the website now. And what's cool about this is it's kind of that second accessory. So if you're buying into the Brio system, and we are developing more and more accessories. We have, we have our R&D team working um, heavily on that right now. So that as you buy into the Brio system, there's more and more reasons why you want to be a part of the system because it just makes a lot of different styles of cooking easy over fire. Very cool. Yeah, we had so much fun with that at Social Feasts. And the kettle cooking that people did was phenomenal from the corn pudding to the rolls, you know, bread. I mean, yeah. And then going with big on big old proteins too. So, yep, I, I'm excited to get <laughs> You should be getting so. I, probably in the next day or two. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Awesome. Sometimes well, this week. Speaking from experience, it's a lot of fun to hang stuff on too. So yeah, just saying for anybody yeah, nice. that's listening, I really <laughs> think that that's going to be a big trend here coming up in uh, 2020. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a great year, guys. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm I'm extremely excited for the new year. I know like where I'm, I'm looking out the window here and I'm, there's snow everywhere. It's not really barbecue time of year, you know, grilling over the fire cooking, whatever you want to call it time of year. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm not excited about what's coming and uh, kind of getting that fresh energy for the new year. So that's, that's where I'm at. We're, um, we're just closing in on a half an hour here uh, on the podcast. Do you guys have any final thoughts to leave people with Derek? What do you, what do you got? Uh, no, I'm just going to say happy new years. Uh, really excited for 2020. Thank you so, so, so much for listening in. Um, we're, we're really stoked. We are excited about what's going to happen. I really think, honestly, I really think that in these next episodes, we should talk about kind of what our predictions are for what 2020 is going to hold, uh, in the fire cooking community. So I'm getting excited about just some unique styles and things that are going to be coming out this year. Thanks, Derek. That's a great insight. Christy, what, what do you got to uh, wrap things yeah, up? Yeah, Just ditto on all of that. Happy new year. You guys are all so rad. We're having a fun time sharing all this with you. We, we want to hear from you more in 2020 also. So we definitely want to see what you guys are cooking. We want to answer your questions and we just want to keep this ride going. So thank you everyone. Get out there light your fires and and show us what you're cooking awesome thanks people thank you for listening thanks for uh joining us in the ride in 2019 and we really hope and appreciate you joining us in 2020 it's going to be a fun ride i think this year we'll be able to kind of really go even deeper on this whole journey and we appreciate you guys joining us for the ride we'll see you on next week's episode